What happens when two former political staffers, one Labour and one Tory, meet? And become surprisingly good friends. Introducing the After Party Podcast. A comedy podcast about ideas, politics and truthfully an unlikely friendship. With me, Sarah Southern. And me, Chloe Green. Hello. Welcome to the after party. Welcome to the after party. How are you, Chloe? I'm really well. I'm very well, babe. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, tip top, thanks. Tip top. Have you had a lovely week? I've had a great week and I need to talk to you about something. Oh my God, is it serious? Um, well, no. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> let's be honest. No, it's not. Have you seen Love is Blind? The Netflix one? Yeah. Not yet. But oh you are literally God. the 50th person this week who has asked me that question. <laughs> It is the thing on everyone's lips. Oh my god. Okay, so I'll put a disclaimer. I don't I don't usually watch anything that would be remotely similar to that. You know, like I'm not the target audience necessarily. I don't watch like Love Island. I love Love Island. Really? Okay. Oh my god. Let's pick that up another time. I don't normally talk about uh, or, or, or watch any anything of the sort. Um, not because I'm like think I'm above it or like a smug bitch. I just don't find it interesting. I just don't get it's it. It's not your thing. It's not your thing. Yeah, That's I just fine. don't get it. I don't get it. Um, but on a sort of whim, the other night, me and my girlfriend and my girlfriend's sister were like, "Oh fuck it, go on then. Let's like join the join the hype. See what all the fuss is about." And I'm absolutely hooked. Brilliant. Oh, I've watched three episodes. I've got seven more to go. The premise is insane. It is ridiculous. Two people can't see each other, talk through a wall. They have no idea what the other looks like. And then they have to propose. Why? Why does it always have to be so extreme, though? Why can't it just be they can then go on a date or something? I think because otherwise there's no jeopardy and it wouldn't be a show. True. (laughs) Maybe I should go on this show. Maybe this is how I'm going to meet the future Mr. Sarah. Yeah. Is by not knowing what he looks like. The key to any happy marriage. I just, I honestly, I think it is so ridiculous. Obviously, it's really hammy. It's really corny. Everyone's like, I finally met my soulmate. And it's like, you've been talking for five days and you don't know what the what other one even but looks like. you say that, like. right? When you do do the, uh, the, the app dating, you can be having a lovely chat with someone mm. and you are vibing galore. Oh, yeah. And then you meet them for a drink and you're like, oh, my God, they've got no chat. Clearly yeah. somebody else was writing all those messages. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to want to say to them, where's your friend who wrote the messages? They were fun. Yeah. You are Send dull. them on the day. Yeah, no, 100%. I think when I <clears throat> was on the apps, I had the exact same thing where I'd have, like, really spicy chats with people. I'd get really excited about meeting them. But there's something about just, like, a weird chemistry, like a physical chemistry, not just based on on like their attraction in a sort of conventional way necessarily but just how your body perceives their body like something chemical oh there's I definitely swear. pheromones like yeah. think of people who like you really fancy and you were like i hate their personality but they're just so fit yeah. or or they're not even that fit there's just something about something them. about them That's there's so something true. about them and then when people are like you know when your mates are like oh my god this guy i'm dating or this woman i'm dating whatever oh they're so this they're so that i can't oh my god oh my god and then you look at a picture and you just think that is like, like how can how can that person inspire so much passion? Not in a mean way, but as in like you don't feel it, yeah. you know, like you can't see the excitement. So it is just a chemical thing. Whereas like this whole the whole premise of Love Is Blind obviously is that like you get to know someone's personality in like a lot of detail. You get to know someone's. I say detail. It's like ten days. You're talking to this person <laughs> for ten days, uh, and it's not even just this person. There's like twenty of them in there. Or oh, something. so they then swap around. Yeah, it's like speed dating. You've got to like constantly like revolve. I went speed dating once about 
10 plus years ago. <laughs> my friend used to work for this like company and she got me tickets for free or something I think maybe it was a birthday present I can't babe remember. it's okay if you went speed dating I didn't go out of choice I got forced to go by my friends a gun was held to my pretty head pretty much pretty much <laughs> anyway this lad was like oh um you live on Laburnum Street don't you I was like yeah I do how do you know that and he went yeah I've seen you around there Wow. And I was like, oh, I don't like this anymore. <laughs> also, that is so weirdly specific. Like, who the fuck in London knows street names? <laughs> yeah. Pete Doherty was my neighbour. I'd sometimes see him go and get his methadone in the morning. Wow. Yeah, it was the, the high times of living in Hackney. Um, <laughs> but this week, I haven't been watching Trash TV, which well, is unusual really for me, although I did watch the Love Island, Love Island final on Sunday, which mm. was great. Uh, um, I was in the Glorious North. Uh, for a few days visiting my folks uh, I went to the uh, Tory stronghold of the northeast of England oh fuck off because like Northumberland's basically like sorry now we've got so many <laughs> Tory seats uh, and I went out with the local MP canvassing when I say I went canvassing I basically held the clipboard um, someone's got to do it I don't, I don't want to knock on any doors because if anyone asks me any questions as to why they should vote Tory I'd be like I don't know <laughs> I'm just making up numbers. Uh, so, but no, we went and helped this really, really lovely lad uh, who's standing for council in the local elections in Newcastle. Uh, he was very nice. Uh, I wish him well. Uh, and it hailed. And uh, I thought to myself, mm. what are we doing standing in the freezing cold in the hail, uh, <laughs> finding out who people are voting for in the middle of half term? Uh, but no, it was fun. And then uh, we went time. to the seaside and had fish and chips. That's very nice. So we basically lived our best life. I really like that. I think the best bit about canvassing is when you finish canvassing and then everyone goes to the pub. And yeah. usually the constituency, Labour Party, CLP, so like the local party, like the person who's like, I don't know, fucking like miscellaneous secretary mm. or like bag carrier in chief or whatever, <laughs> they'll like get in the rounds because they're so glad that you turned up, especially if you're in some like small arse end of nowhere kind of seat. Yeah, definitely. And then just like some free some free shandies and a nice chat. That's thing nice. is that canvassing, for, for those of you who don't know it, is where basically you knock on people's doors and you ask them what their likelihood is to vote. And mm-hmm. then you mark it down, whether they're a, a C, an S for socialist, offs, <laughs> uh, an L for liberal, a K for Brexit, like UKP, all these things, whether they're for or against you, basically. So that when it comes to the election, you know who to target to get your vote out. You got all this data, basically. Yeah. But what I like is delivering leaflets, because what you can do is you can shove some music on or a <laughs> podcast. Hey, listen to this podcast as you go delivering for the, the local elections, guys. Um, and God, that's niche. You basically deliver lots of leaflets to people, and I find that quite calming. You get your steps up. Mm. I mean, what a shame we didn't have Fitbits 10 years ago, because I would have got so many steps in. Oh, my God. Such all those lost steps that I just don't know about. But also, you did do the steps. You I know, but lose they, they weren't the steps. recorded, were they? And if a step isn't recorded, did, did it, it ever happen? happen? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> if you go for a walk in the woods and yeah. no one was there to record it. But there is still uh, a little election going on on your side of the aisle. Mm. Um, have you voted yet in the le- Labour? I always have problems saying this. The Labour Leadership, Leadership Election. election. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it should always be introduced, just you and I saying it, like enunciating for drama. <laughs> the Labour li- yeah, it's a real mouthful. And I did. Ballots dropped, baby. Yeah. Are you going to share with us who you voted for? Fuck it, why not? I've done it on Twitter anyway, so oh, I may as well. So it's yeah. not an exclusive. <laughs> uh, well, it's a, it's a it's an it's a broadcast yeah. exclusive, <laughs> media exclusive. I went uh, number one, Queer Starmer. Yeah. Number two, Lisa Nandike. 
Obviously, I just have to make these people queer to make them yeah. more relevant, more palatable for you. Yeah, hundred percent. Because straight people, what are you? Um, and then for the old deputy, I went uh, Doctor Rosanna Allen Khan, number one. Wonderful. Number two, Ian Murray from that there Scotland. Oh, okay. And number three, Angela Rayner. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So the deputy could actually be a more interesting race in the long run because. Keir will probably win. No, completely like completely not interesting at all. Angela Rayner's going to walk it. Oh, oh, that's boring. Mm. It's a funny one because the um, the like I thought it was going to be, uh, yeah, probably like quite hotly contested before all of the candidates came out because yeah, deputy's a funny one. Like you don't necessarily have to have a huge political profile to go for deputy. You get all sorts of candidates, and you know, typically more candidates, etc. Um, it's kind of like a good training ground. Do you know what I mean? Like for a lot of like younger MPs or MPs with less experience, etc. But um, and then of, of course it also has has been like held by like real stalwarts of the movement, like Harriet Harman and people mm. like that, and Tom Watson. But they're uh, they're this year. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was going to be quite a spicy one, and it just wasn't. I think it's um I think it's quite an obvious choice for most people. Angela Rayner is liked by pretty much all factions. She's a brilliant woman. She is working class. She came through the union movement. She's grandma. She's a grandma. It's my favourite fact about her. Yeah, exactly. Like she left school quite young and has really like turned her life around, became a very young mother. Um and has come overcome a lot of adversity. And because she's been in Jeremy Corbyn's cabinet, but she'd also previously been kind of like thought of, I guess, as like quite soft or moderate, you know, soft left, whatever. She has managed to really effectively um, unite quite a lot of voters. It'll be super orcs if she wins and Rebecca Long Bailey doesn't because they live in the same flat together in London. Yeah, they are, um, <clears throat> excuse me, they're like a funny, <clears throat> excuse me, they're really a funny pair because. At first, it seemed very likely that they were going to be on kind of the same ticket, if you know what I mean. Like, they would be running mates. But that hasn't really happened, has it? It's not happened. And I wonder if that is on the side of Rebecca Long-Bailey because the natural bedfellow and the, um, I guess, the kind of, like, in well not necessarily the endorsement but the like a lot of the kind of Corbyn continuity effort has been put into Richard Bergen so is it that Rebecca Long Bailey is thinking to herself I don't want to go too close with Ange because Richard Bergen is sort of thought to be my slate we'll come back to that yeah (laughs) or is it on Angela Rayner's side thinking oh bugger Becky doesn't look like she's going to win and she's quite a divisive character so I'll keep my cards a bit closer to my chest and kind of play it a bit because I'm likely going to be the deputy to Keir Starmer. I don't know. I'm not sure which side it's on. Mm. I mean, Becky has... uh, I think Becky has endorsed Ange and I think Ange has endorsed Becky if I'm remembering that correctly. But it's been quite soft. I thought it would be like you know, out and out, yeah. vote for these Campaigning two. together, all that kind of stuff. 100%. That hasn't been that. Not particularly, no. And then the Keir Starmer versus Rebecca Long-Bailey, Lisa Nandy kind of situation. Again, thought it would be really quite um, nerve-wracking. And it is nerve-wracking because we mustn't get complacent. Like, no way is this going to be, like, an easy one. But polls have suggested that Keir has quite a comprehensive lead across, across it. So, But the only poll that counts is polling day. Thank you, Sarah. Which is a mantra I live by. True as anything. You've really got to be so 
wary with poles I feel like both of us have been burned by them right like you <laughs> get times. really complacent <laughs> not complacent but you get really excited yeah. you think it's gonna be a real tight one you're like oh we're both we're both in it and then the fucking Tories just storm Swoop it in. <laughs> and you think how the fuck have we ended up with such inaccurate poles it's because people like me go out with a clipboard and the hail that's exactly. why it's good to put my bubble hat on for it, though. To be honest, I will say this, right? If you are, um, if you're a Labour member and, you know, you might have been a Labour member for some time, you are a much more seasoned canvasser than the Tories. Like, no shade to you, but the Tories <laughs> aren't known for their... Oh, I don't know whether I would agree with that. Come on. I can think of some excellent campaigners out in the field I'm not saying they don't exist because they 100% do but you've got more of a kind of like we'll vote Tory and we'll do it quietly we don't have a huge membership we don't have a big like youth excitement turnout whereas Labour Party supporters and members tend to wear their hearts on their sleeves a bit more that is true you are like I mean the fact that you like sing that red flag song and stuff like that we don't do that (laughs) You don't have a bloody song. Well, God Save the Queen? Probably. Uh, there, there, there is a song, but I, I just I hate all that kind of stuff. I find it very um, 1940s-esque. I don't like it. I'm not so fussed about your kind of bread and roses and red flag and whatnot. Like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm easy with it, but I, it, it doesn't, like, move me particularly. Um, there is something very, very, very amusing about every year at Labour Conference on the first day of the, like, LGBT Labour disco... Um, D-reams, things can only get better, (laughs) comes on. And you get all of the bloody Labour students who've traditionally been quite sort of Tony Blair, pro, and you get all of the kind of like older crowd, like people who've been there for longer, etc., just going absolutely bananas, like screaming the lyrics. And then you just get like a really like surly, like not happy group of people kind of back on the sidelines of the dance floor refusing to dance while it's happening yeah we we when we don't operate like that <laughs> yeah that's probably because you don't have that severe factional problem no we don't like, i think people think we are really factional but it's it's not also it's not. to be fair how fun would a tory disco be they are fun I can think (laughs) they have promise basically there used to be a really fun disco at party conference or discotheque as I prefer to call it I mean there's your first problem and then when we went to Manchester I love the word discotheque it's my preferred use of the word well I'm just saying that might be part of the reason why you don't have many of them okay please proceed then when we started going to Manchester for conference the Tory LGBTQI uh, group who might just be LGBT. I don't know how many letters they've got after their name now. They're LGB Tories, which has caused quite a lot of contention because it sort of removes... Oh, oh, that's annoying. Yeah. Because there are trans people in that group, so it's just a it's a play on the T it's a play on rather place, yeah. than anything else. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hope people don't think that that's a slight because it's re- I know it's not. Mm. I hadn't realised they called it LGBT. I mean, this is how plugged in I am into everything um when they became a lot more active and we went to Manchester then that party moved to Canal Street so it went kind of off the I was gonna say off the reservation but I mean the secure zone uh, to the um to Canal Street and that was great and that was a lot more vibrant really because people could be more badly behaved basically because you were 
not with armed police around you. you yeah, gosh, that's a strange thing. vibe for a party, isn't it? It is a bit of a strange one, isn't it? Especially if you're like in the ballroom of a hotel. And then, oh, oh yeah, so I think it's better to have these things off. But I've not been to... Oh, now the big thing at conference is that people do karaoke. Yes, yeah, same. That's the big, like, shebang. And I hate karaoke. So do I don't. Really? Yeah, it's not for me. I just don't like it. That's I don't fascinating. Like singing. I absolutely love karaoke. No, do you know what? That's actually kind of a line in the sand for me. If someone says, let's go to the Lucky Box or whatever that singing bar is, I'm like, no, I'm going home. Wow. Speaking of lines in the sand... Yeah. So we were thinking for this episode, we were going to have a conversation about deal breakers yeah. when it comes to lovers or friendships. Um, and the reason for that is that a lot of people I know who are Labour voters or Labour members or whatever, their deal breaker would be like, I'd never be friends with a Tory. I can't be friends with someone who'd vote Tory, etc., etc. Or I could never marry a Tory, blah, blah, blah. Never kissed a Tory. That's the LGBT. I have kissed a Tory. We all have. Sometimes it happens. <laughs> anyway, it's but yeah. because we're such good kissers. <laughs> oh, fuck <laughs> off. It's because some of you are very quiet about it. Anyway, um, yeah, sometimes there's like that kind of attitude of I could never be friends with or marry or be with whatever a Tory or a Lib Dem or whatever and like I probably used to have that attitude you know like I definitely don't think I could to this day like be intimately like connected with a conservative voter like a like in a partnership like a romantic partnership because I just think I run too deep with Labour do you know what I mean like I just run too deep however I have absolutely changed my opinion on that with friends you being the absolute example of that I love you to bits. So (laughs) she's doing a little victory dance over here. So that is the kind of premise of this conversation. What are your deal breakers? Politically, I don't, I mean, other than the obvious, I'm not going to date anyone who's extreme on any side, but I don't think that needs to really be said. Yeah, disclaimer, we're both on that. Yeah. Like, that's fair. Um, I mean, I've dated lots of people who are on the left. Um, I do think that there are quite a few people on the left who kind of have a little bit of a kink for dating a Tory because they mention it all the time. They're like, oh, God, I've never done this with a Tory before. And you're like, calm down, calm down. Uh, But... I guess I know one thing I have ended friendships with is when um, gay marriage was legalised. I remember being in a bar one night and someone saying how they totally disagreed with it. And and I was just like, well, I can't be friends with you anymore because Mm. that is a firm line in the sand because... So many of my friends are gay. I've been to so many gay weddings. Like, why? why? Also known as weddings. Wedding, yes, correct. No, no, that's your friend's wedding. That's so correct. Uh, although, if you call them straight weddings, if you identify them all, that's straight. You such would a horrible never, word. You'd it? never identify as a, a wedding as a straight wedding. No. I think I might do them now. Uh, because, I mean, I do because yeah. you people are strange, as, it, well, I you, as you've told me too many times. Uh, so I think that's a line, my son. If people think things that I just think what why are you allowing this to take up any space in your brain like who someone chooses to marry is none of your business like yeah um things but I was um at a friend's house yesterday who's just had a little baby Mm. and today she's taken that little baby to get vaccinated and Mm. I did say to her oh thank goodness because if you weren't vaccinating your kid we probably couldn't be friends anymore and you were being serious yeah Mm. because I mean obviously I don't currently have a child but I wouldn't want my child to get whatever you get diseases chickenpox whatever from from this unvaccinated child and Mm. I recently had to take a child to the hospital um and I took them to um, Charing Cross Hospital at the children's ward and there was a big sign saying there have been an insane number I can't remember the exact number of measles mm. in the past six months 
And I just thought, that's crazy. Like, measles can kill people. Mm-hmm. So why would you allow your child to risk getting that? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's about the herd. So you personally might never get it, but it's about the herd being vaccinated, which therefore reduces it overall. Oh, yeah. I mean, anti-vaxxers, so people who are, like, anti-vaccinating their mm. children or whatever, are, like, a really insidiously scary large group of people i mean it's like a a, a minority of course but like still like quite a substantial minority and it's really frightening especially in the states you know like this is less of a i guess a cultural norm in the uk maybe i'm wrong maybe there is a really big community of anti-vaxxers but in the states it's like quite a significant issue yeah no it definitely is as um, a friend of mine who lives in california where i think it is trendy as Mm. it were to not vaccinate your kids she made it very clear on Facebook a couple of years ago when her little one was smaller, saying, if you don't vaccinate your kids, your child is not welcome to yeah. come to our parties or anything. Like That's the thing. And you have to make that stand, I think, because in the same way, if I lived in the States, I wouldn't allow my child to go and play in a house that had guns in it. Mm-hmm. Like You've got to draw the line as to what you are willing and not willing to do. Because, yeah. And especially if you've got kids. I mean... Obviously, I don't have a child, therefore I can speak with so much authority on But this. it's the principle. Uh, is you've got to be like, this is where you've got to um, p- put, um, oh, what's the word, barriers in place to yeah. make sure people stay safe. I think that like it's like so profoundly selfish. Like Your views on vaccinations for your children, fair enough, have those views if you want to, you know, if you're worried about vaccinations for whatever reason. I mean, do the research, trust science, hello. But if those views then like severely impact on other people, i.e. you make decisions that put other children or other people in harm's way, that is that is grave. That is a real serious danger. I think what's a shame is a lot of the data that came out about the vaccinations 20 plus years ago now was actually a really small sample. And a lot of the children that I think were vaccinated had a high propensity, I think, to perhaps get autism or other um, conditions like that anyway right. so a lot of the science has been totally debunked because you know there was a period where people were like oh you shouldn't get the triple vaccine you should get measles mumps rubella separately okay oh gosh it's very complicated i mean for me it's just like pff, try to reduce the damage you do in the world by yeah. being <laughs> as like conscious and trusting science and trusting doctors and trusting experts as much as is humanly possible so other than um you wouldn't marry a Tory, potentially. Mm. What else have you got a line in the sand for? This is a really interesting one, right? Because you said earlier about um, about gay marriage or, or, like, equal marriage, whatever, about that being a line in your sand. And I'm really, like, I'm pleased to hear that, like, as a queer person myself, mm. um, I'm a lesbian, like, that is, like, reassuring to know that they're... Especially on the other side, especially on, on the Tory side, because... Yeah, I mean, if I met a Labour voter or a Labour supporter member who didn't believe in equal marriage, I'd be like, why are you in our party? Like, Mm. you are distinctly out of step with where we are with this issue. Like, this is really quite bizarre. But, like, with the Tories, I know it is more contentious. There is more of a debate, considering what your MPs voted for back in 20, whatever it was, 20. And a lot of them used religious grounds for not voting for it. I mean, I roll forever, whatever. But the 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 like the the thing I'm I wanted to say was like thank you for that being your line in sand. That is like influential and important. Um, 
And it's an interesting one because, like, we have said the whole premise of the show, right, is that you've got political differences with people, but that doesn't preclude you from being friends. It doesn't mean that you can't have, like, healthy, kind debate. So, you know, if someone does, doesn't believe in gay marriage, should you still be friends with them? I think for me that is a bit of a no. You're shaking your head. You look absolutely irked. Like, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't uh, acknowledge them as a person, mm. but I wouldn't have them into my house. Yeah, okay. So it's like it's like a closeness of intimacy or whatever. I, I think there has to be a reality that just because someone th- disagrees with you, it doesn't mean that you should cancel them. Mm. So, I mean, I truthfully can't think of anyone off the top of my head who I see on a regular basis who doesn't agree with gay marriage. But... The solution to that isn't me totally blocking them if I have to deal with them. It Mm. is trying to win them over. And Mm. although I wouldn't be close friends with them until they've changed their viewpoint, Mm. I wouldn't totally... I I think one of the things I've really noticed recently, especially in comedy circles, is people are so down the line. I hate these people because they're Tories. I hate these people because of X, Y, Z. And I just don't think it's helpful to Mm. be that shouty. I think you can say... I'd prefer not to have someone in my house who doesn't agree with gay marriage mm. because that's an important issue to me mm-hmm. versus I wouldn't stand next to them in the pub. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. And there is a difference. Like, I, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, intimacy or, you know, like close connection with someone who... Yeah, I wouldn't date someone who thought that. Oh, no, gosh. But that's why you've almost got to get that kind of stuff out of the way first. You know, like, first date. Hi, what's your name? Where'd you come from? Where'd you stand on gay marriage? You know, you just, just, just get it out of the way. My deal breakers politically... Um, are actually really interesting and I'm sure a lot of Labour members and supporters would uh, cancel me for saying this so strap yourselves in lads Um, my line would probably be and I'd certainly again not like remove you from my you know friendship circle or kind of eject you into like the wilderness for this necessarily but I really don't understand people who have voted for Richard Bergen (laughs) for deputy leader (laughs) And that's so silly, isn't it? Because I'm sat here with a bloody Tory who should technically be more my political and, you know, like, oh, social... Oh, really amused me. <laughs> I'll explain why. But, yeah, I'm sat here with a Tory and I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh, the real enemy isn't within the Labour Party. The real enemy is the Tories. And somewhat controversially, I disagree. I think if you... If you are Richard Bergen, if you're Richard Bergen listening to this what have you done no no if you are a Richard Bergen supporter I would just really 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 question your whole honestly your value system and your beliefs to such a degree that I think I would find it really really difficult to over overcome that and it's weird that I would much more likely support you or continue like a close friendship with you or whatever if you voted Rebecca Long Bailey for some reason I find that less offensive actually I think Rebecca Long Bailey is definitely continuity Corbyn if it's not been made abundantly clear over the last six episodes I am not of the Corbyn uh way I'm not (laughs) of that faction I'm actually factionless but you know politically a bit of a floater but certainly not um certainly not in any way in that camp i think if you are a rebecca long bailey supporter yes you don't share my politics necessarily but i can sort of understand that you're probably like you know on the sort of slightly more hard of the left okay she's a woman she's northern she's competent fine okay don't agree with you fine whatever richard bergen however you've got so many choices about who to vote for deputy 
And the fact that you voted for Richard Bergen, who is an anti-Semite, in my view, or most certainly an anti-Semitic apologist, Mm. he has really appalling views on Israel, in my opinion. He's not an ally to Jews in any way, shape or form. He's completely thrown Jewish people under the bus. He has a real obsession with open selections, which is just a very... Open selections is basically like the way in which Labour locally elects, sorry, selects, selects the person who's going to be the candidate to be the MP. So he wants to engineer it so people more of his leaning end up as candidates. Yeah, open selections is this big trend that's happened in the Labour movement under Jeremy Corbyn, where basically total like obsessives you know really like really obsessed about getting their faction into politics they have moved to make open selections normal and an open selection would be oh you've got harriet Harman mp she's sitting as the candidate in the next general a general election for camberwell and peckham she has been the gen um, she's been the mp for camberwell and peckham for 20 30 odd years Since 1983 thank you god you're good since 1983 But when the time comes for the local Labour Party, so the people who live in that seat, me being one of them, when when the time comes for that person, for those people to select who's going to be put forward at the general election, it normally is the case that Harriet Harman would automatically be selected because she's already the sitting MP. Why on earth would you make her campaign to be the candidate when she's already the sitting MP? She needs to focus on the real race here, which is winning Camberwell and Peckham once more and returning to Parliament. That is how it used to be. Now there are open selections or there's the opportunity for open selections where if you get a very small number of people wanting to boot Harriet Harman out of her seat and replace them. What did they do with Chuka Ramona, didn't they? Well, he, he defected. No, but hadn't they de-select... Hmm. No. There'd been a thing before he went over to the independent group, though, hadn't there? People were trying to get him de-selected. Oh, okay. and, this, and this is honestly like, it's like a campaign of harassment against sitting MPs who are more aligned with the centre-left or the centre of the party. And honest to God, like, it's not that I necessarily even feel myself to be a centrist in for any reason, but the the viciousness and the nastiness around open selections is so vulgar and it's always 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 people trying to unseat sort of centrist Labour MPs who they don't agree with trying to replace them with momentum candidates and it's bullying and harassment and I hate it and Richard Bergen's whole shtick is open selections for all every single local selection process should be open and it's just bully boy tactics to try to unseat people he personally doesn't like well, I think a lot of other people in the Labour Party will have that line in the sand, so he won't become the deputy leader. 20% of people, according to polling, are putting him as first preference. What? And 20% of people out of 800,000-odd uh, potential voters, because that's Labour Party members plus affiliate members, so if you're a member of a trade union, whatever, you can also vote in the leadership election. 20% of those people, of 800,000 people potentially, are going to vote for him. And I just think, what on earth are you doing do you want us to get into genuine fighting shape for a general election or do you want us to internally squabble and deselect really brilliant mps many of whom may i add would people like margaret hodge who are jewish of course yeah 
if you're a dissenter to Corbyn, people tried to deselect you, basically. And I think that's so hideously undemocratic. Yeah. No, it's not good, is it? So that's one of my lines in the sand, to be honest. Like, yeah. if you're a mate of mine and you're going to vote Richard Bergen, I actually really encourage you to talk to me about this because I've clearly made myself very uncompromising. But I do want to try and engage people on this issue because I think it's really, really, really... A ch- it's a challenging issue and it's quite upsetting. And I, t- I take it very personally because I worked for the party for many years. Yeah, no, I totally get that. But I can see why that is a line in the sand for you because it's disrupted the Labour Party in such a big way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and just like morally, I think like, how can we ethically vote for people who appease and somewhat um, give a platform to anti-Semites mm. and let that go on in our party without truly acknowledging the problem that anti-Semitism genuinely poses? I think it's like, I think it's like morally really bankrupt. Yeah. That was quite oh, a serious one. Yeah, Sorry that was a lot that. more serious than mine. Because uh, I'm saying that I'm not taking my children that don't exist to people's houses and parties <laughs> that I've not been invited to. So <laughs> good that some of us are living in reality and some of us no, are living in No, anti-vaxxers are very serious. I also, line in the sand, mm. people who play music on public transport oh! out loud. Oh my God, there was somebody doing that on the train the other day. It was so frustrating. I'm like, why do you feel the need to take up so much space? I'm always too frightened to go and ask them to turn it down. Because I think if you have the confidence to do that, you probably have the confidence to punch me in the face. Or maybe you're just really unawares. Like, I find people who are unaware of themselves very confusing. I think it is firmly, I am here. Staking your claim to the space, yeah. And it's always people who are like listening to music that you won't wouldn't even want to listen to. Yeah, they're never to. playing it's, pop music. It's tinny. It's they're never playing tinny. Kylie. To be fair, if someone was playing Kylie in an obnoxiously loudly way, I still wouldn't be on board oh, as I'd much as I love so Kylie. Happy. I'd be like, this is heaven. But it's just Disco the tinniness <laughs> and it's like, you don't get a choice in the matter. I've decided this for everyone. There's such arrogance yeah, to that. There is. That's well, my that's my silly one. On the the, the contra to that, then, uh, we have to do our regular shout-out to my ex across the aisle. Okay, I've got one. So, this week, the shout-out that I'm going to give you, I've forgotten the name of the person already. Oh, no. But never mind, it's fine, it's fine. Um, so this week, the new Chancellor of the Exchequer, mm. Rishi Sunak, mm. was clearly at work and making a cup of tea <laughs> for the team. And him being a North Yorkshire MP obviously saw this massive bag of Yorkshire tea bags. For people who work in offices, tea bags come in massive industrial packs. Because there was lots of people on Twitter saying, where did you get such a big bag of tea from? <laughs> from the office cupboard, that's yeah. right. And he, saw, and he tweeted a picture saying, oh, making tea for the people. And some people really lost their minds and said, I am no longer purchasing Yorkshire tea. That is the last time I will drink Yorkshire tea. Yorkshire tea for me is over. And the poor social media person for Yorkshire tea had to spend the entire weekend going, no, we didn't say that this was fine. No, we're not voting Tory. No, Jeremy Corbyn also has drunk this tea. Like, just the poor person, Mm. right? Anyway, it was all a bit ridiculous because... It's tea, mm-hmm. and he's from Yorkshire. And then people were like, why is it called Yorkshire tea? Uh, like, tea comes from China. Well, because it's blended for the water of Yorkshire. Honestly, people, use the internet. Wow. Uh, anyway, this Labour MP, who is also a Yorkshire MP, I can only apologise that I've forgotten your name, he tweeted a picture of him drinking some Yorkshire tea and, like, a really old, like, tin uh, Yorkshire tea box thing saying, uh, solidarity, 
with Rishi Sunak, I too drink Yorkshire tea. And I was oh, like, that's play. good. Because I like it when MPs from the same region support each other. So well done, that Yorkshire MP, whose name I'm very sorry to have forgotten. And also it's just the fact that like, sense prevails do you know what i mean like that labor mp could have been like ha ha rishi sunak's getting an absolute grin yeah. on social media let's <laughs> just drag like, some pg tips <laughs> exactly let's just let him like drown in that yeah. but you know yeah sense prevailed he was like no that's that's absurd like yeah. let's let's not be dicks about this yeah. one of my f- one of my favorite tweets of that whole exchange was um a woman on twitter called sue somebody um she was just absolutely enraged by this whole situation was like you got boycott yorkshire tea because clearly they're like colluding with the tories blah 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 she went off on one and then the guy um i think it's a guy somebody told me it was a guy but it might not have been the person say who uh, runs the yorkshire tea social media account they just replied to this whole like thread with sue you're shouting at tea (laughs) and sue you're shouting at tea was trending i laughed my ass off it was so good good. it was very good good i used to run a social media account right the labor parties so anyone who can really boss it on social media in terms of like a sort of corporate or like professional account i'm just i'm here yeah yeah kudos to them um that's a really nice one my one is um i've got a weird soft spot for rory stewart oh i love rory stewart so rory stewart was a tory mp he uh yeah was a conservative for a very long time and then he um he defected to nobody he became an independent did he get the whip removed from him or did he like i can't quite remember for the simple fact that there were so many of them oh my gosh it was a real like moment wasn't it Mm. loads of people were defecting i can't remember anyway myself so rory stewart he decided that he hang on let's get this right he stood for the party leadership yeah exactly so that would be in the summer he didn't get that he then decided he either had the whip removed which would be unlikely or he then decided not to and then he wasn't going to run again and he's now running for mayor of london that's correct yeah he's running to be um yeah he's not an mp anymore sorry yeah he's running to be mayor of london as an independent so of course it's like the stupidest thing ever because sadiq khan should hopefully walk that election because he's the incumbent which means you know he's already in post and he's a very good politician and now sean bailey who's the conservative candidate yuck um he is i'm not just saying yuck because he's a conservative he's a natural wrongen but he is obviously up against a former conservative and they're just going to obviously like bite at each other's vote and split the vote of anyone who previously would have voted conservative because you've got the sort of moderate independent pro-europe rory stewart and you've got the kind of traditional Tory. i think rory stewart will do very well in the barrel election to be honest i don't know if he will because he's just like people are still so like obsessed with the party do you know what i mean people still vote with the logo like oh, there's i know the Tory a lot logo, of people there's in my circles logo. who will vote for rory stewart above sean bailey I I do I do agree, but um, Rory Stewart basically he um he made me laugh because he did this funny little social media campaign which was come kip with me. Oh yeah, did you see that? Yeah. And it was like I want to spend a night with as many Londoners as I can. I want you to welcome me into your home if you'd be so kind and gracious. I want to hear what your life is like. I want to hear all about your family and I want to see your home and I want to understand like how Londoners live. And it was of course such a fucking PR stunt because I bet you anything the amount of genuine offers that come through where he would be not in any 
danger are going to be quite few. There's not going to be that many people who've got a bloody spare room anyway in London. I Lol. think he just brings a sleeping bag and sleeps on the sofa. Oh, Christ. I mean, that's horrible. I just wouldn't want that. Do you know what I mean? That's just like, oh, there's something quite seedy about it. Also, that it. awkwardness of forgetting and then getting up the next morning and being like, oh... <laughs> there's a hello there's, 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 a, there's a Tory in my living room what's happened to yeah exactly like I think it's just a um there's something quite earnest about Rory and there's something quite yeah like honest and authentic about him so even though it was like a bit of a naff um PR stunt I still think it was very amusing and like got a lot of people chatting and a lot of people taking the piss out of him of course yeah no I tweeted him the other day and asked him if he wanted to come on a walk around because he also does lots of walks around the different parts of London hmm. so I said I want to take you on a walk around Vauxhall um because I want to show him the pleasure gardens and I want to show him Beaconsfield Gallery and um the Newport Street Gallery and all of this stuff and the new village and Oval and uh, that kind of jazz and also take him to Vauxhall Comedy Club the finest <laughs> comedy club in London um, oh well I think that's a nice one I think Rory Stewart might be a little watching brief for us do you reckon? yeah because I'm interested in him as well I think uh, he could be doing some really lovely things in the coming months yeah, I think um, I think he'll be an interesting candidate because he's not the Conservative candidate. He's not the Labour candidate. Candidate by no means does he sit in the middle. I don't think he's actually like a sort of a progressive. Well, we have but... had an independent mayor in London before, haven't we, with Ken Livingstone? Well, uh, let's not talk about Ken Livingstone. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had a rant about anti-Semitism True. in the Labour Party. So don't get yeah, me don't, started. Don't trigger yourself. Don't trigger yourself. <laughs> Well, we hope that you've uh, enjoyed the after party today. If you want to get in touch, do follow us on Twitter. I'm at Sarah Southern. Chloe is at underscore Chloe Green underscore because she loves them underscores. And do hashtag it with... Hashtag the after party podcast. Sarah can never remember. I can't remember these things. Please do shout about us on Twitter if you like us because we'd love it if more people listened. Oh, and do like subscribe and give us a review. (laughs) Allegedly... It helps other people find us. I've not seen any evidence of that, but that's what all of the podcasts say. Just so. do the things you you need to do. Yeah. People, please help yeah. us. <laughs> please. And, and we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Take care. Toodle pip. <laughs>